faithwire.com. Hello and welcome to 4 and 3, a podcast breaking down four of the most important stories of the day and three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. Today is Friday, June 4th, 2021. I'm Dan Andros, and coming up on the podcast today, Joe Biden criticizes efforts to defend women's sports from biological males. And oh, Canada, what in the world is going on in Canada? We're going to have the details there on their latest crackdown on churches. And we'll have the details also on an award show you might actually want to watch. Uh, and Nickelodeon casts first openly transgender teen in live action kids show. So we got all those stories and more with Trey Gones Phillips from faithwire.com. Trey, how's it going today, sir? It's good. You know, I'm looking forward to your story about an award show that I might actually <laughs> want to rare. watch. Because it's rare. Like, yeah, nobody watches these award shows now that, that come out. I mean, the numbers are just like worse and worse and worse. They're every insufferable. Year. Insufferable. Yeah. Because you know you're going to get secular leftist propaganda jammed down your throat. And it's just who wants to watch that at this right. point other than secular leftists? It's just right. It's just three hours of. Of virtue, <laughs> virtue signaling and, yes. and COVID preaching nowadays. Oh. I mean, even like Ricky Gervais in 2020, uh, his long, like super famous monologue yeah. now, he just trashed Hollywood. Like, who do you think you are? Just get on the stage, accept your award, you know, thank all your family and God and all that stuff and then leave. Nobody wants to hear you preaching about something. Right. And no one has taken his advice. They have not taken it. They just double yeah. down and keep doing it. So no. except for no, and now um, people stop watching it. Oh my goodness. Scarlett Johansson. She's the only one. I'm now a Scarlett Johansson fan for oh. now. Because she she uh remember she said I don't I don't think people want to listen to my political opinions. So it's not oh, gonna yeah, do it. That's right. Like good for her. Good yeah. for you, Scarlett. You're a great right. actress and um, you know, you jump around in the Marvel movies there and kick some bad guys' butts and uh and then we can all enjoy That's it now because we don't for. have to we don't really care what she thinks about on the on the other issues. And so good for her for yeah. being aware of that, you know? Yeah. So all right. So and I'm fine. You know, if if a celebrity wants to have whatever oh, yeah, they, they can want do to it. have, go, they can do go it. for it. But you don't you don't need to just preach to us every single time right. you get in front of a microphone. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So all right. Let's uh let us dive right in to story number one. And we've got President Joe Biden issuing a presidential proclamation in recognition of LGBT Pride Month. Yes, it's June, it's Pride Month. Of course, you've all you've seen the rainbow logos, I'm sure, across social media. Uh, and in the process, he criticized anyone who dares stand up uh, and say biological males should not be competing against girls in high school sports. Uh, and so the president's proclamation said that he's, quote, recognizing the valuable contributions of LGBTQ individuals across America. He also noted that, quote, nearly 14% of my 1,500 agency appointees identify as LGBTQ+. The alphabet's getting longer there and the plus as well. So uh, he then praised Pete Buttigieg as the first openly gay LGBTQ plus person to serve in the cabinet um, and also praised Assistant Health Secretary Dr. Rachel Levine as the first openly transgender person to be confirmed by the Senate. 
Biden didn't, of course, mention Richard Grinnell, who's someone who often gets overlooked. He was the director of national intelligence during the final year of the Trump administration and the first openly gay person to serve in a presidential cabinet. The distinction there, he wasn't confirmed by the Senate. And so that's how they get around that claim, if you've ever noticed that discrepancy. So uh, it is notable uh, that Nothing was uh, discussed about the qualifications for these jobs or any notable accomplishments in the first few months of the administration from these individuals, just their sexual orientation. Uh, And also worth noting that only 3 to 5% of the nation identify as LGBTQ+, uh, even with that definition widening to include anything other than heterosexual. And so... uh, So this would mean that the Biden administration is made up of nearly five times more of LGBT folks than the national average. Uh, And so with that over-representation there, it's no surprise that uh, Joe Biden's aggressively pursuing the Equality Act. And he said he will not rest until full equality for LGBTQ plus Americans. Uh, How many times did he say that in one statement? I mean, it just seems like that's a lot of letters to get through. Um, But he he said he's not going to rest until it's finally achieved and codified into law. Uh, which, again, a lot of people think that this is just, you know, redundant. You know, you're protected as an individual. And then so singling out these groups for further protections is uh, redundant to the, to what's in the Constitution. Um, and so the U.S. Embassy, uh, you're seeing a lot of this um, going on around the country. A lot, the, the rainbow flags with the U.S. Embassy uh, at the Vatican decided to raise a rainbow flag. And that caused some pushback from... Uh, Catholics, including Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts, who called it a political stunt. So what's the left saying? Well, the left, of course, is, you know, backing the Pride Month celebrations, the Equality Act, and um, interestingly, biological males competing in women's sports. They're mostly supporting that, too, although some notable pushback there, which we've covered. Uh, And what's the right saying? Well, many on the right have criticized a lot of this as a political stunt, as pandering, you know, given that Biden's Catholic and Catholics are opposed to same-sex marriage and um, you know, uh, one conservative host, Stu Bergier, pointed out uh, that it's it's worth noting that are there any examples of a biological female who identifies as trans, as a trans male, I guess, trying to compete in male sports because they don't feel comfortable? Uh, if that case exists, uh, that would be the first time I've heard of it. I've not I have not seen that. So why does it matter? Um, well, Trey, I mean, it matters because, yes, I mean, of course, all people should be treated equally. um, But it does appear that we've got a smaller minority of people overrepresented in in the administration here and just driving an agenda in a disproportionate fashion. So um, without considering there's there's, you know, given that misrepresentation there and that overrepresentation, you don't get a lot of people on the other side pointing out that, hey, maybe there's going to be some damaging consequences to the Equality Act. Uh, in particular yeah. for Christians uh, and their ability to practice their faith as they see fit. And I think that's what's so frustrating for a lot of conservatives and obviously for a lot of Christians. It's not that we don't want to see equal treatment of right. people. Uh, obviously, our, our the, the legal system we have in place as it's written already recognizes the equality and fair treatment of people. Uh, regardless of, of how they identify. Uh, but what we don't want to see is that we're we're going to embrace, quote-unquote, equality uh, 
to the detriment of religious liberty. Yeah, I think right. that's where the concern comes in when there's an overlap uh, and it's, it's you know, well, we can discriminate against Christians uh, in the name of inclusion of people and of, of different sexual identities or, you know, whatever it is. So I think that's where the frustration comes from a lot of uh from, comes from for a lot of Christians yeah. uh, is, is it's, it's created this binary. It's either this or that when it's like, no, we can actually do both. We can treat people fairly and we can also recognize their religious convictions and their moral convictions. Right. Uh, and you know, the equality act, the, the, the fear there is that it'll be used as a, as a cudgel really to, to force Christians to compromise on their conviction. Yeah. Uh, in in their in their public lives, yeah, because it doesn't seem within the Equality Act that there's any room for, um, th- th- there's no room for differing beliefs. They just count that as well. You right. hate, you know, like if a Christian pastor, for example, we've seen stories like this, refuses to do a same sex wedding. Um, th- they're trying to push that as hate, and that's that does not allow for that pastor to practice religion as they see fit, um, you know, because, you know, of all of the arguments out there, you know, you you look at what the definition of marriage has been in society and culture for thousands of years, and specifically within the Christian religion, it has been defined between a man and a woman. So that is clearly and, you know, irrefutably a long-held Uh, sincere Christian religious belief. And so then when you start labeling that hate, when say a pastor is like, well, I can't do that. It goes against my faith, goes against the Bible, goes against my conscience. Um, I can still love you as a person, but I can't do that. That's where the rub is. They're not, you know, okay with that. It seems like that difference is not acceptable and they want to label that as hate when it's just a sincere difference. and, And, you know, that's the... That's the hurdle that uh, just doesn't seem to be able to be crossed right now. Yeah, and uh, I've always wondered, like it seems like a lot of these cases are just 100% politically motivated. Yeah. Uh, because the case that I always go back to in my mind is Jack Phillips, yep. the, the baker in Colorado. Because my thought is, okay, so the, the concern was he wasn't making a cake initially uh, for a, a homosexual couple for their wedding. He refused to make a cake that they specifically wanted. He would have sold them any of their other, any of his other cakes already made, but he didn't want to make that a, 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 a wedding cake, particularly celebrating their same-sex marriage. My question is, why would they want that from a Christian baker who holds to a traditional view or biblical view of marriage? Like there are so many other bakers available to you. Why yeah. would you want him to do it anyway? Yeah. Like, he shouldn't be forced to do it. You know, it, it, it just is an odd case to begin with in my mind. Right, right. And you just uh, and you just don't see a lot of, uh, you know, LGBTQ activists going to the um, Muslim bakery to try to get that cake made because yeah. that cake ain't getting made there. I can tell you that right now. Um, but you don't see that one yeah. pushed on the forefront. So, um, so we'll keep an eye on it. We'll of course keep reporting on uh, what is happening with the equality act and the Biden administration as uh, things progress. Yep, for sure. All right. Story number two. So uh, a small but controversial church in Ontario and its leaders are facing fines nearing $200,000 for continuing to hold worship services despite provincial stay-at-home orders. 
The Church of God in Elmer was slapped with $66,000 in new fines over the Memorial Day weekend for holding outdoor services weeks after a swarm of armed police officers interrupted a Sunday gathering, ordered congregants to leave the premises, and changed the locks on the building. So here's a little background because that is just, that is a wild story mm. uh, to, to get your head around. Uh, so in April, Superior Court Justice Bruce Thomas ordered the conservative congregation to stop holding indoor worship services, exceeding the limit of 10 people. Just 10, ten. people. Uh, when Yeah, which is, I mean, that's so few. Uh, so when the judge found out the Church of God was violating his order, he fined them $100,000. Uh, and on mm-hmm. May 14th, he sent law enforcement officers to lock up the congregation's facility. When officers came into the sanctuary, the church members and uh, Pastor Henry Hildebrandt remained calm, even praying for the officers as they walked down the aisle toward the pulpit. Uh, so good, I mean, good restraint from the church there. Uh, and that, you know, they were prayerful toward the, the police officers. I even heard the pastor saying, we have no hard feelings toward you. Uh, so that's, you know, good on them. So but in the week since the church uh, has met outdoors with some 400 attendees each Sunday, uh, and during a recent court hearing, Crown Attorney Lisa Brost, she condemned the church for doing, quote, exactly what they knew they were not permitted to do. <laughs> and the attorney representing the Church of God, Lisa Bildy, she called the COVID restrictions destructive and said the church was meeting outside in open air and referenced the fact that cases are going down steadily and consistently in Ontario, and there's been no cases in the church itself. And Bildy told the judge that she believes the fines are oppressive and unduly punitive uh, for the, the government to keep the church from appealing the decision uh, to change the locks on the building that they own. Uh, the judge, though, stood his ground. He rebuked the church for its continued brazen self promoting acts. Those acts were just the fact that they were continuing to meet for worship services. <laughs> so he, he called that brazen. Mm. Uh, he fined the church an additional $35,000, gave Hildebrandt a $20,000 fine, uh, and slapped uh, assistant pastor Peter Wall with a $6,000 fine. Uh, and he also charged the church overall with a $5,000 fine to cover the legal costs. Whew, that's just, there is a lot going on <laughs> yeah. with, with this with this church. So what's the left saying? Well, this is in Canada, obviously, but left-leaning politicians in, in several countries have been more open uh, to, to draconian measures during this pandemic. We've seen a lot of overly restrictive mandates here in the U.S. on churches in states like New York and California. Uh, so the left has generally been more comfortable with this kind of overreach, whereas uh, on the right, conservatives have opposed these kind of restrictions, particularly when it's limited religious freedom. Uh, for you know, for churches uh, seeking to gather during the pandemic. So why does it matter? I think if you look at this particular church, it's pretty controversial. But that's not really the issue here. Uh, they you know they certainly hold to some fringe views. Um, but the, the real problem here is the government overreach. That uh, that government authorities and six or seven police officers can go into a church, order the congregants to leave. And then by a government decree, change the locks on a building owned by private citizens. Uh, so that's just as, as surreal to me to see. Uh, and it should be concerning to all of us, I think, regardless of your political views, regardless of what you think about this particular congregation. We've seen this happen to a whole lot of other churches and pastors in Canada. Uh, so regardless of, of what this church may believe, 
it's wrong for the government to limit their free exercise of worship. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, all in the name of safety. So it should be concerning to, to see this continue to happen in Canada. Yeah. And I think his people say, well, thank, you know, thank the Lord that we're not in Canada. Well, we do have a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ in Canada. So we got to be praying for them. Yeah, but also sure. I do think that, you know, you see uh, a lot of politicians here in America, we're trying to go that route. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, yeah. a lot of times, like it, like we've covered here, you know, Governor Newsom got uh, fined pretty heavily by the courts for doing so and owes millions of dollars to churches for excessive lockdowns. So thank God we have at least that backdrop here in our country. But people are trying to do it. Uh, and they definitely singled out churches from an early phase. We talked about this, Trey. I think some of the first few stories we saw in the lockdowns were hordes of police being sent by the government to churches yep. <laughs> to uh, make yeah. sure they weren't meeting because, you know, that would be just horrible. But um, brazen, as uh, as was mentioned in your article. Yeah, the judge so, called it. Yeah. And, too, you have to remember, like, toward the beginning of this, in New York City, so many Orthodox Jewish communities yeah. were being targeted. Yeah. Uh, and we saw them literally also kind of driven out of their communities. They weren't allowed to meet for worship services. Uh, so it's not just happening to Christians. We saw it happening to Orthodox uh, Jewish communities. And, uh, you know, it's just, I, to me, it's it's just such an obvious attack on religious liberty. Yeah. Uh, because we can be safe uh, and, and still worship, particularly with this church. Well, They've and, been meeting for three weeks outdoors. Outdoors, and, you know, yeah. Spaced and all that kind of stuff. And nobody, there have been no cases tied back to this church. Yeah, and the, and the science is clearly showing. I mean, and we're seeing in the emails from Fauci and, and from pretty much everything else uh, that asymptomatic spread was virtually non-existent. Um, you know, yeah. the masks, uh, you know, do, you know, I think they make people feel better, but their health is marginal at best when you look at the stats and where people were yeah. wearing them and where they weren't. Um, it just seems like the best thing to do is socially distance. So as long as you're not in like a big crowd of people like heavily breathing on each other close together, you know, you're, you're probably okay. And, and the cases in Canada, this is the biggest indictment on this. The cases in Canada have plummeted. Um, just right. kind of like how they have here in America. And so there just doesn't seem to be a reason for them to be, you know, cracking down this much and they're still doing it. And so it's super disturbing and uh, we definitely uh, need to be praying for um, any of our brothers and sisters in Christ up there in Canada. So, yeah. So, well, the, there was, I was reading an, an article in First Things uh, magazine that was kind of, it was about this church, about Hildebrandt and, and the Church of God. Uh, and he, his opinion is that a lot of these crackdowns, particularly that we're seeing in Canada, where even where there have been no cases and they're coming in and closing down these churches, is because the government knows that it kind of exposes the fact that these lockdowns haven't worked uh, so that, or that these lockdowns don't really matter. So they're coming in and shutting it down because they don't want people to know <laughs> that there are no cases tied to this church, even though they're meeting. Uh, so it's just, it's, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. I think there's probably, unfortunately, some truth there is that, that a lot of this overreach is, is the government trying to protect itself from the fact that they know that they mishandled so much of this. Yep, uh, indeed. A hundred percent. So, all right, let's uh, let's hit into story uh, number three and Trey, uh, an award show you might actually want to watch, believe it or not. Christian radio station K-Love is hosting its annual fan awards on 
June 4th, that's tonight, at Nashville uh, Grand uh, Ole Opry House. The five-time Grammy Award winner Matthew West is hosting the event, and uh, we've had Matthew on here on the on Faithwire a few times, and we, we met him uh, uh, doing an interview, and he's a super nice guy, great guy, great artist. So um, among the lineup uh, of powerhouse performers, Casting Crowns, Corey Asbury, Crowder, I, I guess he's on single-name basis, Mercy Me, Carrie Joe, Elevation Worship, Zach Williams, uh, obviously Matthew S and, and a whole bunch more. Um, and so, uh, up for some awards, uh, th- this was interesting, Trey. They still have female artist of the year and male artist of the year, man, what, what a bunch of hateful Christians there. So, uh, all kidding aside, um, artist of the year is obviously the big award. You've got elevation worship is up for it for King and country, Lauren Daigle, Maverick city music, Toby Mac, Zach, uh, Williams and so uh, so I, this one obviously uh, not really a left right issue per se here Trey but uh, I just wanted to highlight it because um, you know if you want something uplifting and you know certainly an award show that uh, I mean let's hope I mean I hope it doesn't go woke but where you don't get the propaganda <laughs> the secular leftist propaganda sort of out there in politics uh, I think you won't see that at a Caleb uh, award show, I don't think, but um, uh, you know, nevertheless, a positive option for you on your yeah. Friday night. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I've had the opportunity to interview Zach Williams. He's a really great guy. I, I liked him a lot. I've also talked to Dallas Jenkins, the creator of The Chosen, uh, also a really cool guy. So I'm sure it'll be a much more enjoyable show than so many of the, <laughs> like we were talking about earlier, a lot of these uh, the Hollywood award shows, which are just kind of a massive eye roll that lasts for, th- for three hours. Uh, so yeah, I would certainly say, you know, it's a, a good show to tune into tonight. Uh, so yeah, I yeah. think it'll be good. And it's yeah. always nice to hear from artists that you like. Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, and the last thing I'll say on it is that, uh, I, I mean, maybe I'm getting old and curmudgeon in my, in my old age as a parent, but I hardly listen to, I've kind of like purged, I'd say most secular music from my, from my listening. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't, it's not that I never listen to it, but I mean, I'm just kind of, especially with kids, you get really cognizant of, of what you're listening to and what you're feeding them. And, you know, some of the lyrics, while you might not think about them, like the kids are listening to them. And so I just like being able to turn on the music and knowing that, all right, it's going to be safe. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's, I think that's Caleb's tagline and it's so true. It's like safe for the whole family. All right, good. I don't have to worry about hearing messages about twerking or whatever the heck else is going on in in, uh, popular music today. So, uh, so I'm appreciative of all the Christian artists out there. And I think just style wise, I think a lot of the new music is just not that good. Like it's, <laughs> it's not creative. It's no. not well done. Every song kind of sounds like exactly the same, the same like yeah. the one that came right before it. So at least the ones that make it onto popular radio. So, yeah. um, you know, sometimes you have to dig a little deeper to find me to find music that's that's worth listening to. But yeah. there's some good stuff out there in the secular genres. But there's there's definitely a lot of good stuff out there on the, in, in Christian music indeed uh, these days. So yeah, it should be a good show tonight. All right, all right. Story number four. So speaking of Hollywood, uh, Nickelodeon <laughs> announced this week that it has cast its first openly transgender teenager to star in a live-action kids series called Danger Force. 
So the 13-year-old Sasha Cohen, who was born female but now identifies as male, also co-wrote and directed one of the show's episodes, according to Variety. Cohen told the outlet, I had never felt comfortable about who I am, and I always thought that I would never play a transgender role, but there are so many kids out there who need to see someone like them, a role model who has the ability to put themselves out there. Uh, Danger Force also features another transgender actor, Michael D. Cohen, who is not related to the younger Cohen. Uh, The elder Cohen came out as transgender in 2019, uh, revealing the transition took place some 20 years ago. Cohen was not famous at the time. Uh, Paul DeBenedict's Weird, weird last name. Uh, he's an executive vice president or uh, at Nickelodeon. I shouldn't say a weird last name. He's it's probably a nice enough guy. A unique, long unique, last name. unique last name. There uh, you go. Yeah, a unique last name. Uh, he said that it has uh, long been Nickelodeon's mission to be a home for all kids and to authentically represent them in their full diversity. So, what's the left saying? Hollywood is obviously, you know, skews left, very left on a lot of these issues. Uh, and it's been part of the trend uh, that seems to have escalated a little bit over the last couple of years uh, to embrace more and more uh, sexual diversity, gender identity diversity. Uh, Disney has made similar moves uh, to more outwardly embrace LGBT characters in its kids' shows. Uh, So what's the right saying? Well, conservatives and a lot of Christians have tended to oppose these moves, uh, particularly when it comes to content that's specifically designed for children. They've argued that these are conversations that need to take place between parents and their uh, their kids, and that they don't want Hollywood educating their children on, uh, on sexuality, on gender identity, and all that kind of stuff. So why does it matter? I think it really matters here for a couple reasons. Uh, one, we need to be aware of the content we're all consuming uh, because it impacts us in ways that we don't necessarily recognize if we're adults. And then obviously as parents, you want to guard against what your kids are uh, are watching and what they're consuming because I think it desensitizes us uh, to our own propensity to fall into sin, right? And it, it even confuses us about what God's design is for sexuality and for our, our own identity. And I think Two, the other the other big reason it matters is we're seeing the secular world, particularly through entertainment, through our media, kind of filling a void that I think the church has maybe inadvertently left open in some ways. Because rather than rushing to condemn people, you know, who are in or who embrace LGBT lifestyles, I think we as Christians we we have a responsibility to make the case for identity. Because I think it's what people are searching for. Yeah, uh, they're they're looking for identity, and they're finding it in these just different gender uh, gender identities and sexualities. And as believers, I think we know our identity is found in Christ, not in our sexual orientation or our, our skin color or even our our life experiences. Uh, those things definitely color who we are, and they impact the, the people that we are. But the foundation of who we are. Uh, is found in Jesus because that's who we belong to as, as Christians. So I think we need to communicate that better maybe from a starting point uh, is, is what does identity actually mean and what does it mean to be identified with Christ? And then we can build from that, right? Because yeah. then we can get into sexuality and, and justice and all that kind of stuff. But I think a lot of times we have a tendency to put the cart before the horse. Yeah, uh, We need to start with Jesus and then build a biblical worldview from there. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, having a positive message of what how God designed you, um, well, like you said, the yearning there and the reason a lot of these people are searching for, you know, these trans identities and things like that is because, like you said, they're searching for their identity and they're searching in the wrong place. And so instead yeah. of just, you know, critiquing and and saying, we don't want to see this and, 
and everything else. It's like, let's also make sure that we're, we're promoting um, God's truth to, to these people so that they can see that and go, you know, let God's word hit them and say, oh, you know, let God open their eyes, let God do the work there. But you got to kind of relay that instead of just criticize, um, which, you know, a lot of people yeah. do. And it's a natural reaction when you see this sort of agenda being sort of jammed in your face all the time. Um, and so, and then it's natural that a lot of kids are just going to, you know, confuse kids looking for identity and go, oh yeah, I, you know, that's, that's, that's what I am, I think. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, it's, you know, again, they're going to, you know, if you're looking for your identity and that's the reason why you ultimately have identified as trans or whatever the case may be, you're still going to have a empty, hollow feeling at the end of the day. There might be a temporary, oh, yeah. I feel great about this, but it's not it. So you're going to be left empty at the end of the day and you're still going to be searching and you're still going to be wondering. And so let's provide that message for people. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, that's really is the takeaway here is I think that as, as believers, we just need to be meeting people where they're at in our community. That is, you know, that doesn't mean we need to just be constantly spouting off about, about issues Though I think that's important. I think it's important to make our, our beliefs clear and our theology clear, and we need to set ourselves apart from the secular world. But in addition to calling things out, in our own small communities, we need to be talking with people and meeting with them where they're at yeah. and figuring out the, the root causes behind a lot of these struggles. Because a lot of times it's it's a whole lot more than what it looks like on the surface. Uh, like you said, like we've, we both said, it's about finding an identity uh, you know, that's, that's beyond our sexuality or beyond our skin color, you know, whatever people just want to belong. Yeah. Uh, and, and they, they want that kind of hopefulness. Uh, and I think there's the, the only place that that hopefulness comes from at least eternally, uh, is through Jesus. Any other hope or any other identity is going to fall, uh, way, way short. Yep. Yep. Amen. Amen to that. Well said, uh, gotta, gotta provide the off ramp for them, not just, uh, you know, the initial yeah. critique and, um, as as insufferable as a lot of this propaganda can be at times to you know take in culture because it's constantly thrown at us. So uh, remember to uh, yeah. remember to also have that positive message as well. So all right, have a great weekend. As always, head on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. We'll see you back here Monday. <laughs>